Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the First Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. In those days, in that time, I will raise up for David a just shoot. He shall do what is right and just in the land. In those days, Judah shall be safe and Jerusalem shall dwell secure. This is what they shall call her, the Lord our justice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. To you, Lord, I lift my soul. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and for you I wait all the day. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. All the paths of the Lord are kindness and constancy toward those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The friendship of the Lord is with those who fear him and his covenant for their instruction. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we have for you, so as to strengthen your hearts, to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. Amen. Finally, brothers and sisters, we earnestly ask and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you should conduct yourselves to please God, and as you are conducting yourselves, you do so even more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Carla, I would like to wish you and all of our listeners a happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> Kevin, you're playing with us. Yes, this indeed is a new year, not the calendar new year, but our liturgical new year. Remember That's we had right. last week, we had our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. We are now already... Uh, in the first Sunday of Advent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kicks off a new liturgical year. Yep, so that's new for us. I also wanted to recognize our Jewish brethren and sisters are also starting Hanukkah. Uh, that'll be from November 28th through December the 6th. Uh, Hanukkah is actually considered the Festival of Lights, and it recognizes the victory of the Maccabees over the Syrian Greek army and the rededication of their temple. And there's a miracle associated with it. When the Maccabees came into the temple, they found one vial of oil uh, that was just enough to light a lamp, um, a temple lamp for one day, and yet it lasted eight days, ah. therefore the length of Hanukkah. Ah. So wonderful celebration that uh, that they join. Um, and our ad- so our Advent, our new year here, um, I really like to think of this as the threefold coming of Christ. We remember a coming as a babe in history. We remember the coming in the present in the Eucharist, and also we remember the coming of the future as king and how important that is to recognize, I would say, that threefold coming. And one of the things that I'd like to at least, uh, we're going to do here uh, to hopefully add value to our our hard-hitting commentaries every week is to provide a little bit of an Advent minute, some sort of reflection. And in the gospel today, we see signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and When I read that, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to just reflect on the star of Bethlehem for a second? A star that had been looked for and anticipated, right? A sign of Jesus's, not only his Judaism, but his kingship. And when the three magi saw that star, they rejoiced and immediately set plans to travel and to worship. I think the star also points to Jesus's Davidic lineage. We're going to see that in the second reading. And how the star disappeared when the Magi entered Jerusalem, but reappeared and traveled before them to Bethlehem, or the, or the house of bread, which is also the house of David. So I guess my encouragement to the, those who are, as we set up the nativities and all those different things this year, you know, when you gaze upon that star in the nativity, I encourage you to think about the words that are seen in Tobit chapter 13. A bright light will shine to all parts of the earth. Every generation shall give you joyful praise and shall call you the chosen one through all ages forever. So what if just a beautiful reflection when we see that star, let's try and see that a little differently this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I want to say a couple of things about Advent. You know, it's a time of preparation and to kind of remember this uh, preparation in a joyful way, uh, because the more, the better pr- prepared we are, the more joyful our Christmas celebration is going to be. You know, let's think about it. We don't wait until the day of a wedding to, you know, to start. Very good right. point. We, yes. we, we do There's some preparation. preparation. Yeah, uh-huh. good point. Right. And imagine how, um, you know, just a party would go if we were to to prepare for it days in advance, eat all the food and drink everything up. And then the, the guest of honor arrives and there's like, everything's picked through and nothing left. So that sounds you know, like our Christmas right. is a, in a secular way, doesn't it? So we, yeah. So let's don't start our celebration until Christmas begins, which is Christmas Eve. Yeah, so that's, that's right. That's when Christmas that's season starts. Isn't all it? I wanted to say. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's go ahead and move into the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, what struck me this time was I will raise up for David a just shoot. That's a beautiful recall of the Davidic kingdom that we talked about, King David. And we see in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 14, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. 
He should build a house for my name and I will establish his throne of his kingdom forever. What a beautiful, you know, prefiguration of from the line of David to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is. And in this reading, Jeremiah reminds us that God will keep his promise to send a Savior, the Messiah, who will be called the Lord, our justice. And this prophecy came at a time when the Israelites were suffering under the captivity of the Babylonian Empire, and they needed this encouragement. Jeremiah tells them that their exile will not be the end of everything, and that just as God promised, there will be a new beginning. And that promise of a new beginning continues for us now in this Advent season. Advent provides us with a unique opportunity each year to prepare for the celebration of the fulfillment of God's promise made manifest through the nativity of our Lord. The Advent season is a time that we should be preparing our hearts and our minds to celebrate the fulfillment of God's promise. Christ was born to redeem the world and make salvation possible for those who love him. He did for us what we were unable to do for ourselves. The Advent season is a time to remember and give thanks to God for blessings of the past, to take an honest look at the areas of our lives today that need to be reconciled with God, and to adjust our focus in the future so that we are prepared to meet Christ when he comes again. Hey, you talk about kind of preparing ourselves and reconciling and how that, that takes that takes time and it takes prayer. And I see with um, in the response oral psalm today, this is out of Psalm 25, something that I definitely need to remember this, this Advent season is how it says, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth and teach me. What a beautiful act of trust and submission as we quiet ourselves, as we do our preparation for, uh, during this Advent season. I, I, I think it'd be great for us to reflect on that Psalm 25. I agree with you. And when yeah. we pray that way, you know, how does God not hear that prayer? Right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I need yeah. to slow my mind down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I've got, I, I've now it's got like, some, I've got a like, focus now for Advent. It's like going to him, show me how, Papa, show me, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. How beautiful that is. Yeah. Uh, in the second reading today, we have St. Paul to the Thessalonians. And I see this as a, broken up into two beautiful pieces. The first uh, starts out with Paul's prayer um, for the Thessalonians, because remember, he was writing this. This is actually one of Paul's earliest writings. Um, Thess- Thessalonica was a busy port and a cultural center. It was also very secular and pagan. So he was encouraging those new converts in the face of the Jewish persecution. So he first opens this with the prayer for the Thessalonians. And then the second part of this is basically the call to holiness and purity, which is, of course, our call as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like you said, he, um, St. Paul's also telling us to increase and abound in love for one another. And, you know, this needs to start within the private confines of our own hearts and minds. So I'm going to venture to say that most of us have at least one person in our lives that we kind of, you know, have a conflicting relationship with, especially, you know, maybe because of the way that person treats us badly and, you know, we've developed, you know, feelings of resentment. But if we sit around waiting and expecting that person to change, it's likely to never happen. And that dislike will eventually grow into resentment and the resentment can grow and fester into something very unpleasing to God. Something does need to change, but the change 
could begin with how we view that relationship. Rather than viewing ourselves as the victim, we can look at the spiritual poverty of the other person and offer prayers and sacrifices as a spiritual almsgiving act. And we can't do this without the grace of God. So we need to pray and ask God to do for us which we cannot do for ourselves. Yeah, and I really like how you address that in the sense of you turned, you know, maybe something how someone has wronged us into, you know, an inward poor me victim and you turn it around to a very empowering freeing state, right? You you take a reactive victimhood and you turn it into a proactive freedom. And and through that action through your prayers and things, I really like how you how you stated it that way because how important I think that is in our society today. We see victimhood or perceived victimhood <laughs> rampant in everything. And yet you turn that around. You say, as a Christian, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live proactively as a free. And I'm going to, I'm going to take those chains off of me. Yeah, yeah, well said. I love that. Very good. Um, well, let's go into the gospel. Uh, this, again, is something very interesting. Okay, we're at the new year, new liturgical year. We're thinking about preparing for Christmas, the babe in the nativity, the star of Bethlehem. And yet we see here the first reading of the, you know, the first gospel of the first Sunday, there's going to be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the nations will be in dismay and there's roaring of seas and waves. And this, this kind of took me a little bit off guard. Wait a second, we're starting to be talking about new life. <laughs> and, um, and yet I think while this reading seems unusual at the beginning of Advent, um, and the fact that we are getting ready for the birth of a baby, I do believe this is indeed timely because we need to not only prepare for his coming as a baby, but also, as you mentioned earlier, our own death. We need to prepare for Christ's second coming. And this points to the reality on why he is coming in the first place, which is our salvation of our souls. Right. And the point of this gospel is this. We're all going to die and we're all going to stand before the throne of God and be made to give an accounting of our earthly lives, right? And when we die, we take with us all the attachments that are held in the deepest recesses of our hearts. Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, 21 tells us where your treasure lies, there also will be your heart. Those who reject God's law and spend their lives feeding selfish desires and die with no intention to repent. Take with them hearts filled with selfishness and sinful attachments, and through their own free will, they also reject heaven. The weight of those sinful attachments will prevent them from rising to the splendor of heaven. Jesus warns us to be vigilant and to pray for the strength to escape the punishment of sin, and he reminds us that it's only by the grace of God that we will receive eternal salvation. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. 